Hi, this is James Chow. And this is Hannah Gatalhoun. And you're listening to Beach Weekly, a news podcast from the Daily 49er at Long Beach State. Beach Weekly! This week's student art galleries featured two very different but very unique approaches to storytelling, with one utilizing the film medium and another utilizing different types of mediums, with ceramics being the dominant. I'm here with arts beat writer Alex Lucio, who regularly covers the student art galleries. Hey, James. Hey, Alex. How are you doing? This is first time on Beach Weekly. Yeah, excited to be here. Yeah. So tell me, Alex, what makes these particular exhibitions stand out from what you've seen in the past? So first off, for When Life Gives You Limones by Jorge Jimenez Jr. It's a ceramics exhibition, but what makes it different is that it's not stagnant. Literally every single day of the exhibition being up, it, it started on Sunday, was the opening reception. He, he changes around the, the setting of the exhibition. So day one is the garden stage where the ceramic plants, which are the centerpiece of the exhibition, are in boxes, symbolizing that they're in the garden where they're about to start growing. Day two was the harvest stage, where the plants get put into um, pots, symbolizing that they're almost ready to be harvested, but they still got to grow. He included a lot of ceramic fruits, including tomates, tomatoes, chiles, avocados. The uh, jitomates, tomatoes, were actually little ocarenas. If you were to blow in them, they would actually work. Oh, wow. Um, So, like, they make sound and everything? Yeah. I mean, I don't think anybody was allowed to use them. Oh, yeah, yeah. he He said they would work, the artist. The day four was a dining room stage where the fruit was taken from the plants and put into bowls ready to be prepared or to be eaten. And day five, the final day of the exhibition, is going to be the waste stage where the fruit will have been rotten, thrown away, which will symbolize the death stage. This exhibition actually is about his life, but also symbolizes life and death, given why each day is a different stage of the exhibition's life and also in the plant's life. Oh, wow. Interesting. With the evolving kind of changes that happen each day, does it take Jorge a long time to set up? The exhibition closes at 5 every day except for Wednesday, which is open till 7. At the end of the night, once they close it, he goes back in with a few friends or classmates, I guess, and they they do reorganize it. They spend probably a few hours organizing it. He Actually, on his Instagram, he's been posting every uh, iteration of the exhibition. So if you follow him at George Plays With Mud... You can see uh, day one, day two, day three, and even uh, he put a time lapse up of him reorganizing the exhibition. So that's interesting to check out. I imagine this took a long time. You said in your article that this was 25 years in the making. Is this exhibition going to extend beyond Jorge's time at the university? So yeah, he mentioned that it's uh, 25 years in the making because he says that he always makes art about himself because it's what he knows the most about. But at the same time, he learns different things about himself all the time. That's what he means by the 25 years in the making. It, he also has pieces in there from his 10 years of making ceramics since high school. So that's why he wanted to do the, use this exhibition as a culmination of his years since he's going to be graduating. I don't think he's going to continue with this specific exhibition. It might be something that he does in his future life and if he ever has some more exhibitions because it seems he likes to use his past pieces in his present work. He wants to go to grad school for art, you know, try some more mediums, maybe get out of the state. So yeah, it'll probably be something that he continues doing. And let's talk about the other piece called Ginger, right? Yeah, Ginger. The six-minute film. Can you describe to me the concept behind the piece? Yeah, so Ginger is a six-minute, 30-seconds illustrated animated movie made by Talon Tanilian. And it's a story about a red panda who's an orphan. He gets taken in by a tribe of Tanukis. As they grow up, the Tanukis all have their own spirit guides, which lead them to inner peace as they grow up. Except for Mango, because he's not a Tanuki. So he 
feels left out and ventures into the forest to find um, his own inner peace or his own spirit guide. However, when he goes into the forest, there's many obstacles and challenges that are put before him, like uh, yokais and ghosts and a few other things like that. And Mango is the panda, right? Yeah, Mango is a red panda. Okay. So what did the artist Talene want to kind of convey with this piece? So what she wanted to convey is she mentioned that this is like uh, a reflection about her life. The story is a little bit about leaving home, about the challenges. As another student I interviewed, she said she related to it because the story is like about leaving home, for example, for leaving home to go to college. And so, you know, it might be tough. You got to go through some challenges. But at the end, you're going to find yourself your inner peace. I think you mentioned in the article that there was like traditional music. Yeah, so the score is actually completely original to Lean. She contacted a Long Beach alumni by the name of Liam Priestno to make an original score. And he did it all within a month. It's actually really great if you listen to it. If you go check out the film, which is a quick six minutes, it fits perfectly. It sounds very professional, almost like a full orchestra, or maybe it is a full orchestra. And uh, he actually uses traditional Japanese and Chinese instruments to make feel more authentic. Is this piece planned to be hosted somewhere after its time at the Student Art Galleries is over? This opening was the premiere of the film. This is the first time anyone sees it. However, she is planning on taking the, the film on the road. It's in the Burbank Film Festival, I want to say. A few others. She says she wants to also take it to Japan and then worldwide to be uh, showing it everywhere. Okay, awesome. And so can you tell me a little bit about the name? You mentioned your article having some kind of significance, the, the word Jinja. Yeah, so Jinja is a Japanese word that doesn't translate perfectly to English. However, it most closely means temple. She liked that idea. And also the, the word Jinja itself kind of sounds like ginger. You know, like someone with red hair, which is the red panda mango. Oh, so she thought okay. it was uh, cute and funny, so she, she named it Jinja. Okay, awesome. And yeah, thanks so much for being on the podcast. Yeah, thanks, James. Yeah, so every week there are new exhibitions presented at the Student Art Galleries. The last date for students to check out the varying art pieces from our CODA students is May 16th. <laughs> On Wednesday, April 17th, the Long Beach Khmer community gathered with heavy hearts, thoughts, and prayers as they commemorated the deaths of loved ones and strangers alike at the 44th Cambodian Genocide Remembrance Day. James was at the Remembrance Day and he did a photo gallery for the paper. James, April 17th is an important date. Can you tell us about that specific date? Yeah, it's actually the 44th anniversary of the fall of Phnom Penh to the Khmer Rouge guerrillas in Cambodia. This is kind of like the beginning of the, the Cambodian genocide that took place after, which killed around 2 million people of the Cambodian population. The Khmer Rouge actually took away 25% of the Cambodian population around that time. And during the Remembrance Day, what did the community do to honor those who had passed during this genocide? They did a lot. They they honored those who've fallen or those who were affected by the Cambodian genocide through songs, um, prayers, just like silence at sometimes. And they also had this kind of art installation. Each table kind of had like a paper lotus flower and the attendees would write the names of people affected by the genocide and kind of honor them and then put it on this big white canvas to like commemorate those who were affected by the genocide. At the event, what were the general feelings of people who had 
gone to commemorate, you know, loved ones. Or I saw some people had their own stories about the genocide. They either had personal experiences or family members with personal experiences. So what are some of the things you've heard from people? Some of the things I've heard were just like people's personal experiences in the labor camps. Just growing up in the genocide, there's actually multiple generations of people there from people who were just newborns, you know, like less than a year old to people who directly experienced the genocide themselves. And also a big portion of people were what they call 1.5 generation Cambodians. And those are the people who grew up during like the refugee camps and stuff like that. They grew up in the aftermath of it. So I heard many different stories there. I remember Charles Song was one of the MCs. He tearfully spoke at the event and he said that he remembers everyone having to evacuate the capital city when it fell to Pol Pot's regime. I remember him saying it was only three days into the process that everyone of us realized the horror that took place uh, for three years, eight months and 20 days. That was kind of the quote that he said. And he just continued on with the story and he just tried to fight back the tears. And it was, it was really, really powerful. You could tell that the energy in the room, everyone was affected by this. So you did a photo gallery for the story. And I wanted to ask, was there any photos that you took that really spoke to you or you thought portrayed the emotions of the event the best? Yeah. So the MC, there's this uh, kind of photo of him like looking with some kind of spiritual look in his eyes or some kind of nostalgic look. Either way, it's this kind of look that he's not present. And I think he was just taken aback by the nostalgia he has with the Khmer Rouge. Something about the look of his face is really impactful. And another photo, it was actually the front page of the, the issue. It shows, I believe her name is Chilina Lowe. She shared her experiences as well during the Khmer Rouge. She was a panelist at the at the event. And she was saying that she had to work 16-hour days at the labor camp. And she also tried to fight back tears. Just, I, I think just having to relive those experiences in your head, there's something about that. It's like really impactful. But I think my favorite picture of the event showed three people who were deep in prayer. It was during a traditional Cambodian Buddhist thing, skull ceremony, which is kind of like a blessing. That type of ceremony is to bless the spirits of those who have died during the Khmer Rouge. The emotion in their faces and like with their eyes being closed and just deeply entrenched in prayer, it, I don't know, it kind of spoke to me, these three people. I, I talked to them after and they actually didn't even know each other, but Something about that photo, it brings a sense of togetherness. The lights in the backgrounds, it kind of gives a kind of halo effect on on all three of these people. Yeah, I will say looking at these photos, um, just in general, all of them, you can see the sadness in everyone's faces and their eyes. It was a tragic event, and a lot of these people were brave survivors, or they later had to live through the effects of the genocide even after it was over, but it's amazing how, like, these type of things can bring communities together, you know, to mourn together. It kind of shows the togetherness of the Cambodian community to heal from these struggles together. Most definitely, and even community leaders who were there definitely showed their respect in the, the speeches that they gave. And like there's a togetherness in the Cambodian community uh, with it being you know the largest in Long Beach outside of uh, Southeast Asia. But even in just the community in general, there's more people other than Cambodians there. The, the energy was of pain and also of healing. And 
I think that's what the Cambodian Genocide Remembrance Day was kind of all about. And that's a podcast. Yay. La. 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 <laughs> <laughs>